incidents, you know. Uh-huh. You made it a hot line. I made it a hot podcast. Hi, and welcome back to the Dead Presidential Society, where every day is President's Day, the only podcast by presidents for presidents about presidents. We set the precedent in the present. This is episode number, which one is it? Um, 19. Rutherford B. Hayes. I'm your host, James Fitz, president of the Hair Club for Men. My co-host is Doug Holmeyer, president of the Boston Sandwich Fan Club. And our guest is Matt Benoit. President of the Lasagna on Your Head Club? Yes, yes. Uh, I, you know, I forgot to bring any lasagna in today on my head, but generally it's, mm. I like to do at least five out of seven days of the week where I just put the noodles up there and a little how, bit of sauce. How many layers? Uh, I like to go for three. Oh, uh, it a, depends on the weather. I mean, in the winter I'll do four or five. Do you do a veggie layer? Uh, yeah, I like zucchini actually in my. Ooh, it's yeah. Good. That's good. That's good. Does yeah. three layers count as a lasagna? In my opinion, yes. That's like bare bones for a lasagna. Especially if one layer is... Because two layers is essentially just one layer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to have three, three is like the a, minimum. It's like a it's, wet you got sandwich. A sand- yeah, exactly. Yeah. A loose sandwich. It's a flaccid sandwich is what you've got on your head. Yeah. Time for our first part. We start our section. Yeah. You know how we started off. Indeed. First Wives Club. First, first Wives, Wives Club. Club. Yeah. Uh, Specific... Specifically. Specifically. <laughs> nope, I'm going to sit this one out. <laughs> Her name was L- Lucy. Mm. Lucy Ware Webb Hayes. Um, yeah. Uh, wife of Rutherford B. Hayes. And for a uh, first wife's first, she was the first first lady to have a college degree. Wow. Yes. The 19th first lady. <laughs> Sorry, I'm reading this for the first time. Um, while she was in college... She wrote essays on social and religious issues. One essay in particular entitled, Is Traveling on the Sabbath Consistent with Christian Principles? What was her conclusion? I I didn't. I only read the thesis. Okay. I'm going to guess... I'm guessing she wanted to hit the town on the weekend. Or no. (laughs) Or somewhere in the ambiguous realm. Hmm. Depends which side of the dateline you're on. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. if you if you make that if you do like a plane trip or a car trip and you go across the international dateline, is it still the Sabbath? You know, mm. do you count where you left or where you end? That's true. That's a good point. That wasn't in what she mentioned in her essay. Though. I'm guessing not. Yeah. Uh, she also had a nickname. Oh, her nickname was uh, Lemonade Lucy. Hmm. Why? Oh, she was in staunch support of the temperance movement. Ah. She was not a wet. Yeah. Not a wet. Not a wet. Mm. Of course, you'll remember, uh, you you remember the wet versus the dry movement. Yes, very much. Vis-a-vis prohibition. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Although it was actually her husband who banned alcohol from the White House Mm. before prohibition. And she was never actually called Lemonade Lucy in her lifetime. It was only after her death. Mm. Lucy first met Rutherford B. Hayes when she was 14 years old and Rutherford was 23. Rutherford's mother was hopeful the two would find a connection, but at this point, Rutherford considered Lucy not quite old enough to fall in love with. Yeah, good, good call. Good call. <laughs> Phew. Yeah, old Rutherford. Good call, right? Losing yeah. his head there. Uh, however, in 1850, Rutherford's older sister, Fanny, encouraged him again to visit with Lucy. 
Um, and so how old was she now? How many years later are we talking? Um, so he... Uh, mm. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. That That's much sense. more reasonable. Yes, yes. Or it's not reasonable, depending on the outcome we get. Mm. <laughs> Your reactions for both? If it was like the next year, then that yeah, would be yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, they were me- at one point they were members of the same wedding party, and Rutherford was so taken with Lucy, he gave her the prize. Okay. Have you ever been to a wedding where there's a prize in the cake? No. Because it's ridiculous. Yeah, I've never either. But there was a gold ring. Wow. And he gave her the gold ring he found on the wedding cake? They just, like, stab up, cut up the cake until they found the ring? Or, like, what? How I think you, you get, get a yeah, piece, get and slice. then if there's something in it. Yeah. Then you're the lucky That's one. like a, a New Orleans thing, the Mardi Gras cake oh. with the little baby in it. Oh, yeah. I remember you that. put now. a baby in a cake? It's like a plastic baby, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a little tiny figurine. Do they put the baby in before they bake the cake because yeah, it would melt right i don't right, know yeah like <clears throat> but you could obviously tell if someone just shoved a baby in a cake i would think so like yeah i mean it's really design. small but i mean like i i don't know hmm. they it's like a i don't know it's called like a king cake or a surprise cake but there's stuff in the cake it's like a mardi gras thing it's a kinder cake it's, it's, yeah essentially yeah for children for children and adults adults yeah well kinder means children yes it does Kid egg. Like a kindergarten. Yeah. That's a garden of children. Yeah, that's... Uh, German kinder egg should be kinderire. Ah. Doug speaks German. Ah. I do not. Okay. Like, Time for our me. next section. That's yeah. unprecedented. Uh, yeah, it is. New stuff. <laughs> ah, you should make that joke for every single episode. So, he was the first president to hold the state Thanksgiving dinner. Wow. Yeah. He was the first president to hold the White House Easter egg roll, mm-hmm. which is, I imagine, just a giant egg roll that comes back to life after three days. Do you think it, it's the... Uh, no. Nope. All right. Do you, no. it's the v- no. <laughs> do you think it's the Vietnamese egg roll? What's that? What? Eggs. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, a wrapped thing that's like filled with meat and... I know what an egg roll is. I yeah. was unaware it was specifically a Vietnamese egg roll or why that would be relevant. Yeah, what's the difference between like a Chinese egg roll and a Vietnamese yeah. egg roll? I think a Vietnamese egg roll has a, it's a, it's the white wrap, the, the, it's more goo, um, it's a softer. He was the first president to have a telephone installed in the White House. You're right. You mentioned that earlier. No, I didn't. Mentioned that later. Yeah. yeah. Oh, later. Yes. He was the first president. To have a typewriter installed in the White House. Installed? Yes. Huh. Huh. I think it's the door. Okay. Uh, He was the first president to visit the west coast of the United States while in office. Ah. He was the first president to win the electoral vote but lose the popular vote. This. Yeah. Leads me. Into my favorite section. Mr. Congeniality. <laughs> that, didn't, that didn't come out. Oh, this one's my favorite. Mr. Congeniality, which is not a section we get to talk about often enough. Yeah, this is where we make fun of the presidential loser. Yeah. Mm. And you remember the presidential loser in the election of 1876, right? Who doesn't? America. And? Uh, <laughs> and more specifically, Samuel Tilden. Mm. Yes. Uh, because 
he was the oh. first person to lose the election despite winning the majority of the vote. Mm-hmm. But he wouldn't be the last. No, yeah, it's happened that's... five times. But never the first time again. No, that, that is true. You never forget your first time. Yeah. Mm. Oh, well, you did. Pocket. You forgot Samuel Tilden. I, well, yeah, he deserves to be forgotten, I guess. Well, I don't know. <laughs> he had some of the best campaign. Give me an S. S. Give me an L. L. Give me an O. O. G. G. A. A. N. N. Campaign slogan. <laughs> campaign slogans of all time. All right. No. Uh, Tilden or blood uh, was one of his slogans. Yeah. Tilden or blood. That's that you don't. There's a. There's. Wow. Yeah. No. He's given you no choice but to choose him. Yeah. And yet they still didn't. Uh, well, technically well, they, they did. did. <laughs> <laughs> it almost worked. <laughs> they also called him Honest Sam Tilden. Uh, yeah. Oh, and then there was the song. Of oh, yeah. yeah. He had one of the better songs. Mm. Remember the song? Yeah, it was um, Tildy Tildy, He's Our Man. Oof. Yeah. That's pretty close. Okay. It was actually uh, <clears throat> Hayes the True. And Wheeler, too. No, wait, that's not no, it. No, there's an actual song, but I'm just not sure what... Oh, no, is it, uh... The night of gloom is gliding out, forth breaks the rosy day. No, that's not how this song would go. And Tilden is the son of hope that lights the nation's way. Oh. Yeah. Which is weird, because Samuel Tilden uh, engaged in widespread voter fraud. Hmm. Mm. Uh, including uh, making it so Republicans in the South couldn't vote and disenfranchising black voters. What a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Can I talk about the election now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yes. The election of 1876. So, I'm not really sure how to get into this. Because this isn't a funny thing at all. But mm. then again, the rest of the podcast hasn't been very funny it's either. It's very serious. We yeah. got some good facts here, though. Right. Yeah. Think about how much you've learned. Oh, excellent. Yeah, a ton. One. Okay. The interesting thing is one person decided the outcome of this election. Mm. Yeah. So what had happened was four different states had contested elections where you had in South Carolina, 101% of the nation's or the state's population came out to vote. Uh, you had a should, should we go into, does Carolina care? Does Carolina care? That's one of our weaker segments. Yes. Yeah, we should. Did they care? Actually, they cared a lot because 101% voted for Tilden. Wow. That, those are extraordinary numbers. Yeah, they are. That's a landslide. That's yep. a... Uh, that's more than a landslide. Yeah. That's that's a, a mandate. It would actually be an avalanche because it was only white people. Oh. Yeah. Anyways... So, uh, under the Constitution, Congress has the right to decide who becomes president in these sort of situations. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't it was Isn't ambiguous. Your favorite amendment? What? The 25th Amendment? No, my favorite amendment is the one that uh, gets rid of slavery. Oh, yeah, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. What's your favorite amendment? Probably that one. Yeah. Yeah. I like if that. I had asked you that question before I had brought up the no slavery thing, what would you have said? Probably uh, the, the 19th. No, probably the first. The first oh. freedom of speech. Yeah. yeah, you're a writer. There's really four amendments, isn't it? I like the uh, the one where I don't oh. have to quarter soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, oldie but a goodie. Yeah. Classic. You can't quarter them, but you still have to have them. Yeah. 
Yep. Strong national defense. <laughs> have, have soldiers. Have soldiers. <laughs> so the election of 1876 yes. was contested, and they decided they were going to... Uh, it would be determined by five members of the House of Representatives, five members from the Senate, and then five Supreme Court justices. Out of and, the nine? Yeah, out, out of the uh, nine. That's a majority. Yep. All right. So the Democrats controlled the House of Representatives and got to elect three members, and the minority, the Republicans, got to elect two, right? This, this, uh, this that board. That makes five. That's made four. Yeah. But the Republicans control the Senate, so they get to elect three, and then the Democrats get to elect two. So that's five and five. Whoa. And then so... The Supreme Court. The Supreme Court. Yeah, that's what we've got left. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, there's only At this time, there are only two Democratic Supreme Court justices. And they both get selected. And so there's, they've selected four of the Supreme Court justices. And it leaves one man, a man named David Davis, the most original name we've had on this podcast. He was also uh, Abraham Lincoln's campaign manager. Good old D.D. Yeah. And he was a staunch independent. And so, oh, that's an even split. Yeah, it was. It was like right down the middle. Staunch independent. And then those Democrats, those pesky Democrats, in Indiana, I believe, thought that they could buy David Davis's vote by electing him to the uh, to be a U.S. House of Representatives member from Indiana. So they elected him, and he won. I like the during this time. Can you do that at the same time as being a Supreme Court justice? That's what they thought. <laughs> yeah. David Davis immediately stepped down. And then as he was, a justice? As a justice. He'd rather be the senator? Well, he was chosen, right? He and was also, chosen to yeah, be a Supreme justice Court justice. Things for life. Like, well, that's yeah, a, but... Yeah, and you're way more powerful. You're one of nine rather than one of a hundred. That's the Senate. Oh, yeah. yeah Even worse. Yeah. Somebody tried to call me. Yeah. Was well, nice. it's not important. It's not. No. This is more important. Talking about David Davis. One of the most contested and, and intense and this, in Yeah, and then he, he stepped down and they replaced him with the next most independent uh, Supreme Court justice, which happened to be a Republican, and then Rutherford B. Hayes, the Republican candidate, became president of the United States. So we have Indiana to thank. Yeah, Indiana changed the course of this nation's history. If it had been a, a worse state, then he probably wouldn't have stepped down. Like, you think if it had been, like, Wyoming... He'd have been like, eh, I'll pass. Are you saying Wyoming is worse than Indiana? I think they're less powerful, probably. Mm. My grandparents were from Indiana. Really? Yep. Huh. They had no wow. uh, no influence on the outcome of the 1870s. Yeah. Oh, <clears throat> well, I didn't vote for this guy. Yeah. Is it time for presidential hair? Yeah, that was a neat segue. Or lack thereof. Mm. Presidential hair. Oh, or lack thereof. Or lack thereof. Sometimes I don't have any hair. The auburn hair of his youth turned a dark brown and then white. From his service in the Civil War until his death, he wore a full beard. That quote is courtesy of PresidentialHam.com, our sponsor. Presidential Ham, where you can buy an oil canvas painting of a president holding a ham. I recommend the Rutherford B. Hayes. Yeah, it's really good. Or the Herbert Hoover. All right. Time for presidential pets? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Presidential pets. My favorite section. It's usually our guest's favorite section, but we'll see. Uh, if you're a fan of 
Dot is Cocker Spaniel. We also have a dog named Jet. Okay. Uh, Piccolomini, a cat, presumably named after the Italian general Piccolomini. Piccolomini. A Piccolomini. That would be a good mm. name for a cat. I thought that was like a, a tiny flute. A Piccolomini. Yeah. A mini piccolo. Oh, that'd be yeah. a mini piccolo. My bad. Piccolo mini. <laughs> piccolo mini. Come here, Piccolo mini. Seems like a long name. Yeah. But it does roll off the tongue pretty well. Cool, Pico for short. Mm. Ooh, a little Pico. Yeah, a little Pico. Like, like not spicy salsa. Yeah, true. He also had uh, the first Siamese cat in the United States. Wow. Named Siam. He also had the second Siamese cat in the United States, called Miss Pussy. They were both gifts from the King of Siam. Wow. That's okay. where they got their name. So they were actually Siamese cats. Mm-hmm. They were. They couldn't be any more Siamese. Yeah. That's yeah. like as legit as it gets. Yeah. From the king, yeah. He, the king's not going to give you a counterfeit. No. Yeah. To the president. Counterfeit Siamese guy. I mean, you're going to know if it's not. Yeah. Legit. Should we go into presidential ghosts? Ooh. Oh, I'm excited. He's the sound ghost, mate. Presidential ghosts. That's that's. I like that one the most. <laughs> This is where we ask our guest if you think the president became a ghost. Okay. Do I think Rutherford B. Hayes became a, yeah. became a ghost? Hmm. Um, no. Is the right That's answer. That's actually the right answer. He Be- did not become a ghost. Because there are no such thing as ghosts. No such thing as but ghosts. But I think that if anyone would have come back as a ghost, it would have been the person who lost the 1876 election. Who was? Tilden. Yeah, there we go. Tilden's a ghost. Interestingly enough, there was a New York Times article published in 2002. It was an opinion, uh, which was uh, channeling ghost presidents past Rutherford B. Hayes included was the name of the article. Hmm. So Rutherford B. Hayes got a mention in this article. And he is mentioned once... And that's it. He's not. A, he's no. not mentioned as a ghost. Yeah, hmm. but so. they name dropped Rutherford B. Hayes like, to get all those clicks. Yeah, yeah. Presidential birthdays. Yeah, let's do birthdays. Mm. All right, Matt. Rutherford B. Hayes. What I'm do you say think? He was born June twenty-third. Oof. October fourth. Okay. <laughs> That's almost uh, Halloween. The same day as Rooftop, <laughs> the Beanie Baby Reindeer. Oh, see, I was right. There were more than nine reindeer. Yeah, Rooftop, the reindeer. <laughs> uh, the same day as Derek Rose. Hmm. Uh, the same day as Orson Welles. The same day as Kazuki Takahashi. Oh, he's the guy that created Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You remember Yu-Gi-Oh? I do. Yeah. Presidential, no, 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 no